no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Hands are alive with the sounds of podcasts. <laughs> That works. Yeah, it's very clever. You did really good with that. Thank you so much. I <laughs> That's really a good little song parody. You're a regular weird owl over there. <laughs> That's great. Strange Ben Yankovic. <laughs> Ooh, Strange Ben Yankovic. Ooh, God. Name Strange Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, let me make your hands numb by me sitting on them. And I give you, and then what I do is I make your hands numb with my ass. And then I make you give yourself a hand job. <laughs> Strange Ben. Strange Ben. Great. Are we ready to go, Marcus? <laughs> we are. All right. Welcome to the last podcast on the left everyone i am ben kissel with marcus parks we got henry zabrowski here i've been henry zabrowski and you know what <laughs> i'll continue to be because you know why i like henry zabrowski that's everyone likes henry zabrowski you're you're a great guy there are people that have attacked me many many times online <laughs> what happened i've been getting some online attacks too what's going on well you have a divisive personality no I i'm don't. america's <laughs> sweetheart that's i don't not really true. understand why i would get any sort of bad press because i find that i am I'm what America technically deserves. I'm what America needs. Ugh. All right. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Nixon. Thank you so much. Uh, that's strange very strange. Nice. No Ben. People that's love your new str- nickname. Yeah, strange Ben. People love me. I mean, what can I do? I, I mean, I I try to uh, you know not have them uh, love me so much, but they always do. I can't wait to introduce you to women as strange Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll never meet another gal again. All right, so today we're discussing magic. This is part of our, what is it, the third episode on magic? Second. Second, Second episode. Okay, and now we d- we discussed the right-hand path, and now we're getting into the left-hand path. Yeah. Now, le sinistre. Does anyone have a thing in school where, because uh, I never had that, but people, I've heard that people that uh, grew up that uh, when you were writing with your left hand that you'd get slapped with a ruler. Really? Because teachers said it was evil. Yeah, mm. that's like a 1950s Catholic school thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking greasy Italians. They're <laughs> shitty superstitions. They're also, they also believe you're not supposed to put a hat on a chair. But that's the thing that's mostly because they're cheap and they don't want to buy new hats. Yeah, or new chairs. <laughs> so the term left-hand path comes from the tantric term vama marga, which means left-hand path. Now the core practices of the left-hand path in tantrism are the five the five M's, Madhya, Mamsa, Matsya, Mudra, and Methuna. I want to get a Methuna with lamb. Can I get extra hot? <laughs> yeah, some hummus. Mm. <laughs> and those translate to wine, flesh, fish, grain, and sex. Mm. See, the left path of the Tantra involves the ritual transgressions of social taboos and ritual sex. Now, we're going to get right. into the full description of the history of the left-hand path, but it's important to remember, remember, the right-hand path was about the learning and about the purifications of your spirit. What we learned last time was that the right-hand path is joining your mind and spirit to the Godhead. This the left-hand path is about making yourself the godhead. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. it's uh, the right way. If you discover it's, it's it's very interesting. There's ways to break it down, but this is definitely the more fun version of magic, <laughs> and there's a lot more pubic hair in it. Yep, a lot more ball sweat as well. There's a lot more ball sweat. And the very famous singer Sting, he uses tantric sex, and he has sex for hours. <laughs> but this is my problem, right? Tantric sex is all about not coming. Yeah. Coming is the best part. Mm. Well, it's, it's about coming for hours at a time. That's right. It's about mm. coming in your fingers and in your toes. No, no, but that's not coming. Coming's getting the juice. <laughs> right? 
Good. Yes, absolutely. I asked my doctor, and that's what he said. Well, that was yeah, a homeless yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> what? We had a lab coat on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was dirty. <laughs> and he kept saying, yeah, you make juice today. It's so funny, man, because I make juice right Grabbing his penis there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Phil. <laughs> So besides the sex connection, modern magicians use the term left-hand path for more nefarious and provocative reasons. Provocative being the operative word here. The Latin term for left, as Henry said, sinister, has been associated with evil for millennia, particularly in Christianity. This Mm. comes from the Gospel of Matthew, in which God's followers, the sheep, are on the right, while his non-followers, the goats, are are on the left. Now, would you rather be a sheep or a fucking goat? Goat. 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 Yeah, toss up them hones. That's right, and the <laughs> Chicago Cubs should have let that goat into the game in yeah. 1908. <laughs> and they wouldn't have had a curse, and they could be in the World Series today. Fuck the Cubs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes, and in the paintings of The Last Judgment, the Christian God points to heaven with his right hand and to hell with his left, and they call, Christians call, the left-hand path, quote, the diabolical and earthly path to hell again the fun path the better the the, the path <laughs> yeah. where you it's technically a roller coaster to hell well yeah. just think about it do you want to go upstairs or downstairs <laughs> going downstairs is always easier hell is lower let's go the thing about it yeah and upstairs you can still trip going upstairs downstairs you can slide down the banister <laughs> that's right it can only be an easier path to the bottom so the left-hand path covers thalamites satanists chaos magicians, and dozens of others about the left-hand path, German Satanist Vexen Crabtree said, The left-hand path is solitary, <laughs> individualistic, personal. German, German. But, but, oh, this is, I know you can't tell from my accent. Oh, I'm as German as a wiener sitzel. It's based on self-development and self-empowerment, frequently called the evil or dark by non-satanic religions, the followers of the left-hand path have often have to remain in the darkness or face severe persecution from the religions that ironically call themselves quote-unquote good. But I'm with the left-hand path. I got, you see, I got this, it's a... It's a stick-on tattoo of a, of a fucking cool ass that's got an Irish cross on it. Yeah. So that big gulp will be two ninety nine. <laughs> I feel like that guy would just crush at fantasy football. <laughs> Very good. So lesser-known orders such as the Nordic Dragon Rouge, founded in 1989, see the left-hand path as, quote, the dark side of magic. About the left-hand path, the Dragon Rouge said... It emphasizes the unique, (laughs) the deviant, and the exclusive. Its method is dark magic and antinomianism. Antinomianism. What does that mean? It means going against the grain, antinomianism. Antinomianism... (laughs) The goal is to become a god. Man becomes a god when he ceases to be a creation, and instead he becomes a creator. So, and that jerky is going to be a dollar forty-five. We got to sell. You can get four for five. You can, if you're going to get five bags of jerky, it's really important you want to get that one extra bag off the, the price there. So, how long have you been working at Seven Eleven exactly? Twenty-five years. Twenty-five. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I know. One day is black magic is going to get me out of here. Now, a, a quick question: Have they ever given you a paycheck? Not a single one. But they right. said it's about it's a job. It's a badge of honor. Okay. 
<laughs> so, I'm here for the love of it. <laughs> I see. Maybe free roller dogs. Oh, the free roller dogs, you bet. I'll tell you thanks. I'll thank you for that. Certainly not my feet because I lost them to diabetes. Yeah. Unfortunate. <laughs> so, <laughs> the most famous member, or I guess the most famous practitioner, and certainly uh, possibly the, the first practitioner to be well known in the West of the left hand path was. Alistair Crowley. Now, again, Alistair Crowley was the real deal. He's a genuine, I don't know what his, he's British, right? He's mm-hmm. he's a, a real British badass. He's fucking, he really was all about magic. He was working on the right-hand path, working with the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. As soon as he started realizing these nerds were in charge, he was like, fuck this, and just bounced. He was just like, no, 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 you guys had it all wrong. It's just like, we could totally use this to get pussy. Yeah. I mean, in his case, lots and lots of piles of dick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go over how exactly that Golden Dawn split. See, he was a part of the Golden Dawn in his early days of magic. He had the name Frater Perdurabo, which means I will endure to the end. I never come. (laughs) <laughs> and I never will. Yeah, what does it even mean to endure till the end? It means you don't come. Yeah, you means you endure till the end. But then at some point it ends. Like a cockroach. <laughs> I see. So his his, his balls and the, his cock were the cockroaches of all <laughs> sexual organs. Imagine, can you imagine someone being like getting back to somebody's house after a date and then opening up their pants and his dick is just a pile of the roaches <laughs> they endure till the end you know my my cockroach dick can uh last in a, through a nuclear holocaust <laughs> yeah so crowley's mischief began in april of 1900 when a schism between mathers the founder of the golden dawn and other members of the golden dawn happened now if i'm Correct in this, Henry. It's like you were talking about in the last episode where this guy suddenly created a bunch of new secret chiefs, right? He created, he basically, uh, Mathis created this idea of the secret chiefs was it was immediately, when they started the Golden Dawn, it was basically already over. Because he said that all rules and all formations and all ceremonies were okayed by the secret chiefs that only he could speak to. And that he created his own separate order and it all had to be like if you wanted to do something or if you wanted to get to the next level, you'd have to ask Mathis and then he'd go to another room and be like I better see what the secret chiefs say and then he goes in there and like and then just stays there for like 30 seconds here like to approximate how long it would take to talk to the secret chiefs yeah. and then he'd come out and be like give me five dollars <laughs> who follows these idiots though right I these mean, other idiots other idiots the idiots but but they're the smarter idiots. Well, you know how it is? You know how someone can be so smart that they become stupid? Right. <laughs> That's what these are. That's what these people are. They're the nerds that are just can't. They're socially very, very dumb. Right. Alistair Crowley just happened to be a modern man in this sea of like weird 1800s years old fucking spiritualists and was just like, oh, no, 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 no. you're not my boss. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I will, I'm going to leave. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So on the orders of Mathers, who had told Crowley that if you help me in this uh, task, then I will raise you up to fifth degree Golden Dawn. Because Alistair Crowley showed up and was kicking ass. Yeah. Like, he showed up, he did everything right, he was studying really hard, he flew through all of the first three orders of the Golden Dawn, he started joining up, it was also, um, it wasn't the OTO, he was in another group as well. No, he was the OTO, he started with the OTO as well, he was all over the plot, he was a real Dion Sanders <laughs> yeah. of magic. Right. And then... 
It, and then we was get to this final level, and like Mathis is like, "Oh, I will do it." So, so don't worry, Alistair. All of it will be taken care of. I'm sure it's just going to be a, 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 a mere triviality to the secret right. chief to advance you to the next stage. Yes, but of course Crowley had to do a job for him first. For the schism had already happened. Crowley and this woman named Elaine Simpson, aka Soror Donorum Dea Dispensatis, who was actually pretty hot. I, the whole thing to me just sounds like a bunch of people who pretends to be renegades, uh, but but in reality, they just follow a very similar structure as a fraternity. But yeah, it's, not- like, it's like rich kids throughout the years. It's always been this way. Right. They, nothing a rich person loves more than to follow rules for some reason. <laughs> right. Because if a rich person follows rules, they just stay rich. Yeah. You know, poor people have to break the rules. Right. The thing about Alistair, so, but Alistair Crowley realized that it thought like a poor person. Mm. And it's like I could bust up out of this shit. Yeah, exactly. So the name of Elaine Simpson, her name meant she is a faithful steward of God's gifts. Boring. The two of them broke into the Second Order's meeting room, attempting to seize Order property on behalf of Mathers. He basically went in in an act of magical war against the Golden Dawn in the most... Nerdy way possible. So two days later, Crowley, after he was shooed away his first time, he had a direct confrontation with the poet William Butler Yeats, a.k.a. Frater Damon Est Desus in Versus, a.k.a. Inside Out Brother Demon, I think. <laughs> Which I think that was my own. I tried to. I mean, I put into the Latin Wait, translator and then I checked out some different, um, I, I guess, uh, d- interpretations of what these certain words are. Inside Out Brother Demon is the closest I could come. Th- those are just words together. Yes. That's not a. It seems like the number four on a gay prostitute's menu. <laughs> yeah. Inside Out Brother Demon. That'll be $500. And it will take me two weeks of recovery. Okay, we can do it, but I only got two hours. <laughs> so joining him this time was Edward A. Hunter, a.k.a. Frater Hora et Simper, a.k.a. He Will Always Be My Brother. So Crowley arrived in a kilt, a black mask, a plaid shawl thrown over his head and shoulders, and a huge gold cross on his chest, and a dagger by his side. I just want to see the costume changes or the outfit changes before he left the house. <laughs> yes, like, yes, what sir. did he put on? And he was just like, not going to work. Which of these is the most magically terrifying? <laughs> I don't know, Alistair, but I'd love for you to put on some underpants. <laughs> yes, but what about my phallus? <laughs> so what does your roommate Alistair do exactly? I don't, I don't know, man, but uh, he keeps weird hours, and it's like... Like he's always doing something. There's always it, it sounds like it's either a woman or a high pitched man's voice yeah. screaming in there all the time. And he's, but he also he plays a lot of Civilization. Huh. <laughs> Pays rent on time though, huh? Yeah, every Great. time. <laughs> so the poet Yates was able to keep Crowley from entering the order's premises. So Crowley called up a constable to help him get inside. The constable advised him to call a lawyer. Basically, a cop showed up to a bunch of nerds in costumes yelling at each other. And he's just like, he will not gain entrance into the second order chalice room. And he's just like, but I will. I have the power of the lamer behind me. And meanwhile, some cops like, call a wizard lawyer or something. I got shit to do, you know? Mm. So soon after that, the order, uh, they passed a uh, decree to expel Mathers, Simpson, and Crowley. Uh, And while Mathers and uh, Simpson would fade into history, Crowley's career was just beginning. Yeah, it was like when uh, Sarah Silverman got fired from Saturday Night Live. Mm. It was the best thing that could have happened to her. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Where's Nora Dunn now? Nora Dunn is, yeah, (laughs) terrible. Is she dead? Well... 
Inside. Jan Hooks. Jan Hooks. She is dead. That is unfortunate. <laughs> yes. Ripped apart by a pack of dogs. Well, really she... very, really sad. Don't go into the forest wearing steaks. <laughs> so after the Golden Dawn fell apart, Crowley truly came into his own, filling the magic vacuum left behind with his practice of Thelema. So Thelema would be the leading esoteric discipline until the rise of Wicca in the 50s and 60s following the repeal of the British Witchcraft Act in 1951, which forbade the practice of witchcraft. That is a really cool meeting of Parliament. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They'd be like, we must ban these witches. Yes, witches are definitely the biggest scourge in all of Great Britain. I agree. But my main problem, forgive me, Congressman (laughs) Ballister, um, um, but shouldn't we focus on some of the dental care? <laughs> because my teeth are jagged and horrible. My breath smells like the inside of a dead animal. Yeah. It's just like, no, 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 it's the witches are the problem. The witches are what gives us our pasty skin and our t- sallow ball sacks. That's right. That's why all British teeth look like individual tombstones. <laughs> Still jagged and rotten. So since the 1950s and 60s, magical practitioners in the 20th century have, for the most part, been split split into either disciplines uh, with Thelemic, a.k.a. left-hand roots, or with Wiccan, a.k.a. right-hand roots, gods within versus gods without, internal versus external, bitchin' versus groovy, sex pistols versus Peter, Paul, and Mary. And either way, man... I like all of it. Yeah, me I'm too. I'm kind of it, but then we're chaos magicians. Well, we'll talk about that in the next episode in the series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're officially a chaos magician now. I don't want to labels. <laughs> I would highly I recommend say not saying it ever. No, 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 no. no. Like, we could say it here on the podcast because this is a safe place. Yes, if it goes out to a bunch of people. Oh, no, 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 but they don't really listen. (laughs) (laughs) So although some Wiccans, they do tend to fall into the left-hand path equals black magic equals evil camp. Most modern magicians don't subscribe to the whole black equals evil, white equals good trap. The respectful ones at least merely see them as two different approaches. Chaos magicians, the ones with rationality. Exactly. Yes, we are among the most rational. I mean, I did come on a piece of paper one time. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like, and then Marcus is always eating the goddamn damn stuff. I mean, the whole world's <laughs> falling apart. Well, he's just uh, looking for a spice to life. He's, you know, he's just, he's got he's got a ball and chain. He's got some uh, day job where he's a uh, producer of a fucking podcast network. Yeah. Uh, and he's uh, got in some sort of goth country band. There's nothing cool about that. He's got to spice it up by eating his own cum. <laughs> Everything you described before him eating his own cum is very cool. <laughs> So let's start with Thelemic magic. So the Thelemic practice of sex magic derives specifically from a spiritual event that occurred during Aleister Crowley's visit to Cairo in 1904, covered in the episode The Great Beast 666, oh so long ago. It involves a museum, Egypt, and fucking in a pyramid. Now, I find this very interesting, because I went back to, because when we covered Crowley a long time ago, that was before we were really good at... Or at, at the level, I don't know if we're good at research yet, but you are very good at research. I am not as good at research. I am not as good. I'm better now than I was then. That's the Absolutely, idea. Absolutely, yeah. You're great at research. I'm just saying, I mean, could but, be better. But back then, I just watched a documentary and then went and did it. Yeah, that's what we did. Now we really waste our lives. <laughs> now we're really burning up relationship yeah. fuel. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus Parks is the greatest researcher in podcast history. It's true. No, that is true. No, Dan Carlin beats me. That what is, is that wrong is really, with he you? Is really, he is very good. Hardcore history is very, very good. Um, but he has no life. <laughs> yeah, he's a loser. 
He's not um, a chaos magician like you two assholes. <laughs> chaos magician. <laughs> Welcome to my nightmare, Benjamin. Oh, excuse me. I have to light a candle because I accidentally uh, farted and blew one of them out. I got to have kids soon because they'll love you guys. Um, I started reading about Alistair Crowley and, and Thalema again, and I because I really thought it was I thought it was going to be much closer to the right hand path than what he took from Golden Dawn, but then I found out it is all about fucking. Yeah, yeah. it is all, and, and it, it is only fucking. And if you missed, <laughs> and if you missed it, uh, Thalema is Alistair Crowley's discipline that he created himself. Yes, yeah, and it is definitely all about fucking a hundred percent. Through and through. Right. So on this first fuck realization, I guess you could call it, uh, him and his wife at the time went to Egypt, and on March 17th, 1904, Crowley invoked the Egyptian deity Tote, the god of wisdom. And for the following three days in their hotel room in Egypt, a semi-invisible Egyptian deity named Awas, said to be a messenger of Horus, dictated a document to Crowley over three separate sessions that would eventually become Liber al Veligis or the Book of the Law. It's actually a very interesting little story. If you really read about the birth of the bir- of the Book of the Law, he his wife talk about. If you want to talk about supportive, <laughs> she was there for this whole thing which in a is, hotel room. In a hotel room, yeah. she actually received the visions while he meditated, mm-hmm. and she said, "We have to go to this museum and and go invoke Tote." They go. He sees this hieroglyph, some weird piece of art with Tote on it, and it's like Exhibit Six Six Six, and that's what caused him to give him. The name of the great beast, yeah. and that he saw the toe thing. We cover this in the other episode, yeah. but it's it's very interesting how like they were both nuts, <laughs> totally yeah. crazy. But you know, this is one of the areas where I do have a massive amount of respect. Is it nonsense? It's total nonsense. It's obviously just a a, a ploy to get laid. But he did do it. He did. He do wrote it. everything down. I mean, he was he was a real. Dare I say, go get her. I would also say, <laughs> the big thing is, believe in your magic. Believe in yourself. Believe in your right. hallucinations. If you, This is true. Honestly, what is real? Yeah, exactly. If you want to be a magician, you're going to say a lot of shit like this. When, magic, when, when Marks and I talk about writing in our magic journals, and we talk about a vision we had, like I wrote last night, I had a dream about a magic mirror that I envisioned in my house, and then I went online looking for the same mirror, and I found it. I found a mirror just like it on fucking an Etsy and I bought it so I'm going to put it up in my house and like but you have to start believing in these images in right. order to fill them with meaning and that's what makes you that's all it takes to make you a magician and Alistair Crowley got a buttload of cum to prove it. So when you get a show on NBC you too can waste your money. <laughs> Brilliant idea Henry. Just buy everything you dream about. So as we've said many times before, the main tenet of Thelema is do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. Love is the law. Love under will. And about magic as a whole, Crowley said, A man who is doing this true will has the universe to assist him. Which is pretty fucking cool. That is cool. This means that an individual's true will, capital T, capital W, is that person's authentic spiritual purpose. And it also confers a sense of identity. As Crowley said, The first principle of success in evolution is that the individual be true to his own nature. Absolutely. Right. And Crowley believed that his experiences in Cairo and the subsequent writing of the Book of Law represented the birth of a new aeon in the history of mankind's spiritual evolution. There's been three so far. The first was the aeon of Isis, which is a matriarchal age uh, characterized by the worship of lunar deities. That 
paganism. That was shut down pretty hard. Pantheism, that was shut down super hard. The second was the Aeon of Osiris, which was the patriarchal age. Um, Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, uh, and of course Crowley believed that he brought this age to an end. This is what he said about the ending of this Aeon. I peck at the eyes of Jesus. I flap my wings in the face of Muhammad. I tear at the flesh of the Indian and Buddhist. I spit at your crapulous creeds. That's right. Woo, nobody's safe. That one, you got Alistair Crowley, the roast master. (laughs) He's a real Jeff Ross. (laughs) So Crowley punctuated that statement with a ceremony in which he baptized a toad as Jesus Christ and crucified it. So in the back of his head the entire time, he's thinking like, they know I'm just making this shit up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Like, when are they going to bust me? Every magician knows that. If they really do believe that, again, this is a chaos magic principle. We'll talk about this later. It's more like Discordianism. We will talk about this later. Yes. Right. But if everybody knows it's full of shit, but it's about in the act of doing it, you make it real. Again, he went and caught a toad, which is difficult and (laughs) to dog meat, scary, terrifying. Terrifying, And he crucified it. (laughs) Which is, again, but go on Etsy right now, look up Frog Crucified, and you will find Boom. it. That's how easy. That's modern day. I, I, I agree <laughs> with you. That's the thing about the 20th century. A, a quick tip here. Never give a magician a pen. You'll never get it back. No, 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 no. Yeah. Or when they ask for money. No, <laughs> because no, Because no. all magicians are not paying bills. For some reason, I feel like when a magician gets home and takes off his jacket, just nothing but pens fall out. Just a hundred. <laughs> I've done my tricks for the day. Yeah, pens and lighters. He's just a TD bank, constantly taking all the green pens. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a free pen. I mean, banking at TD Bank. <laughs> Illusion. <laughs> the third age, which started in 1904 when uh, Crowley was blessed with these visions. It's our current age. The third age is the Aeon of Horus, the divine child. And rather than external emphasis, this Aeon is represented by internal forces, true self, the power of will. Crowley said... Be strong, O man. Lust, enjoy all things of sense and rapture. Fear not that any god shall deny thee for this. Yes. And he discovered that after getting fucked in the ass in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> and what, this what? is how he wrote about it. I do love this. He wrote a journal entry about it. About he, So when he was... Tra- yes. Go yes. back and just clarify the last statement. What, what was he saying? Fear not that any god shall deny thee for this. So oh, okay. what he's saying is do whatever you want. Don't think about any sort of divine consequence. Okay. Yeah, live your life, girl. Yes. I, I, yeah, <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, Do you, girl. That's what so, it's about. It's about doing you. So yeah. it's a hashtag YOLO. Hashtag YOLO. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's what it is. Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, if you had hashtags. Oh. Man, yeah. that book of the law would have been full of fucking hashtags. The oh, book yeah. of the law is difficult to read and purposely so because it's horseshit. <laughs> um, he wrote, so he wrote this about in his book Confessions about how, so as we remember, power bottom of all time, Aleister mm-hmm. Crowley. Well, power he, bottom of the year. Yes. He, My older brother is the power bottom of all time. Man, he all six foot seven in him. Huh? Six eleven. Just fucking. Woo! That's where the power comes in. Just <laughs> cracking his body like a whip up against the base of that Woo-wee. dick. Fort Lauderdale gaze. Does the other guy just have to like stand against a wall. I'm afraid yeah, I he would... puts a little helmet on so he doesn't get injured. <laughs> I feel like it was like I would stick my dick in and his ass would grip onto my dick and then when he snapped to fucking hump me himself against me, I would flap like a towel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happens. That yeah. is great. 
But at the he end, got he got married. Up all- but he did get married, though, right? No, he's engaged. My older brother, my middle brother, got married. That is he's lovely. not a power bottom. That is really, no, really no, lovely. No. So yeah, so he's the spearer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he, he, he's the skewer. <laughs> that's what they they call him, the skewer. Yes, that, that's his gay. That's his gay mm, nickname in all the hot slide clubs. Slide it in that fucking yeah. razor hot beef. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, thanks for the images. Yeah, the skewer, it's like a fucking hot knife through butter. Just, a, just my male brother. Ooh, there. They call him the squizzle. Oh, squizzle. Oh, oh, uh, man. Uh. And so this is how Crowley wrote about his act of being skewered in his round bottom. We accordingly took loose rocks and built a great circle inscribed with the words of power and in the midst we erected an altar and there I sacrificed myself bracket submitted to anal sex end bracket the fire of the all-seeing sun bracket Newberg's penis that was his acolyte end bracket Smoke down upon the altar Bracket His asshole <laughs> Close bracket Consuming every particle of my personality Bracket Massaged his prostate until he came in his pants And bracket <laughs> I'm obliged to write an hieroglyph of this matter Because it concerns things of which is unlawful to speak openly Under penalty of the most dreadful punishment Which is just being locked in a prison with a bunch of other gay guys. Sodomy. Sodomy laws were quite strict back then. Well, and this is the UK, right? Yeah. Yes, it was illegal to be gay. No theater for a week. (laughs) (laughs) The the government has punished you. You do not get to see theater for a week. We we take your tiny dog and we take off its night. We shave off its beautiful new haircut. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants a bald dog. If you're walking around with a bald dog, everyone knew you just had anal three weeks before. And remember, everybody, uh, the man that uh, was a part, Newberg, that was a part of that ritual, he went insane from that power bottoming. Damn, damn, damn. lost his mind. God, fucking tight as a drum back there. Do you think he was crazy first or then the... No, he was actually a very... He was somewhat of a... uh, a dainty boy. He was a poet. Uh, he was uh, kind of a high class, not really, uh, didn't really have much experience in life at all. Crowley just because, let's let us say right now, Crowley was an evil, terrible person. He broke people. Like he, he took that dude out there. He filled him full of drugs. He made him fuck him in the ass, yes. which is the worst. Yeah. Is that he let himself be fucked, and it was like he was raping the other guy. Yes, and he just dragged this guy through. And I, I will just. Uh, to put it shortly, he was not ready for that jelly. <laughs> That's what Newberg was. Well, I mean, if the other guy is having sex with him on top, I mean, obviously the man knew what he was doing. He was rock hard. He was enjoying the Crowley sex. I don't know. I don't know if he was because now when Alistair's being like, you can't fuck me well enough. <laughs> yeah. I came on accident. He is But he specifically chose people that were easily manipulatable. And so he took him out there and broke him down. He broke down his personality and then left him in the desert. And then meanwhile, he goes with this walking stick to Mexico. Yeah. Cool. So Crowley's life and career as a ceremonial magician would focus on the ongoing personal quest to find the ideal whore of Babylon or Scarlet Woman, as she was would be known throughout the years, with whom to enact the philosophy or thelema or magical will. And it's very interesting, and this is where people will fight him later on, which we're going to talk about, is how he would use prostitutes often. Yes. And, and the whole point is that, and it's very interesting, it's very similar to sort of what they say about like um, when gay men hate on women. 
women where it's just like he looked at women as tools yeah. like he did not view them as sacred parts of the magic he viewed men as using the sex magic on women and that they were there just to be whores and that's what would make the magic happen is someone taking mastery over a woman and well, they sound like the most important part of the puzzle no they're, they're the ones who they're the ones who know they're, the, they're, 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 they're the catalyst the cum is the cum is the most important part of the puzzle. Well, what Crowley huh. believed is that there was one who was worthy. The Scarlet Woman. Would, there would be one who would be like his worthy uh, partner in Thelema, who would make Thelema real. So it's like the gay middle manager from Breckenridge, Missouri, who's just like, I just haven't found the one yet. <laughs> yeah. That's my problem. Is that Once I found my true bow, when I find the true girl that will steal my heart, I can stop all this ugly side of me. Ew, I hate it when I'm big, but really man puts me down. I hate it when his mustache tickles. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I just like it. I want a woman, a big bested woman. Sounds like one of those guys who has a bunch of dog collars in the house but doesn't own a pet. You know. So the Book of Law, besides just philosophy, also contained instructions relating to ceremonial offerings associated with sacramental sex magic, specifically the preparation of what later came to be known as quote cakes of light here is the recipe for perfume mix meal and honey and thick leavings of red wine then oil of abremelin and olive oil and afterward soften and smooth down with rich fresh blood the best blood is of the moon monthly then take the fresh blood of a child all dropping from the host of heaven then of enemies then of the priest of the worshippers last of some beast no matter what this burn of this make cakes and eat unto me I'm Billy Mays with OxyClean. <laughs> Does that ever happen to you? OxyClean, uh, Billy Mays here, but OxyClean gets all sorts of mixtures of bl- semen and, and <laughs> menstrual blood and olive oil out of any sheets. Oh, where are these are robes? Well, you're going to need some Clorox for that. I'm sorry, OxyClean's getting the fuck out of this. Take it from me, Mr. Mystic Alistair Crowley. I've come and bled all over all of my clothes, and thanks to OxyClean, I can still get a job. <laughs> So while all of that might sound sinister, Crowley in later verse wrote that the, quote, fresh blood of a child was, quote, Babylon and beast conjoined, Mm. meaning the ingredients of sexual congress, semen from the male, and gluten from the woman's vagina, or (laughs) the, as he called it, the Privy Chapel. Ugh, oh, privy, yeah. you know, means bathroom. <laughs> yes, and gluten from the woman's vagina, by that I mean pussy juice. Now, this is some of my oh. favorite stuff here, is because he wrote about, uh, there, there were so many, he had to write it secretly. He had to write about sex magic secretly because of all the weird, like, appropriation laws or whatever it is they had in the UK. Also, it goes down to the ancient secret schools idea of you write things in allegory, and a part of the master-apprentice relationship is teaching the allegories to someone else as they mean something. It's they, they, they're all code for something and so he had so much code for sex and these are some of my favorites one was he would call it um, gluten of the white eagle <laughs> which is the sex fluids which is pussy juice and pussy blood um, he would call blood of the red lion was his reference to semen right and that um, <laughs> oftentimes he would call for you to make the holy hexagram which is an instruction that the man and woman would interlock their heads and bodies in a mutual oral sex position 
fashion to form the shape of a hexagram, and he would also call this the double gift of tongues and making the rosy cross. This is what we got. We got to video these things so that people can see the disgust on my face with these names. And also, one of my favorite passages in this in this text here. That he would talk about how this is how he described the uh, use of a magic sigil, which is the, we're going to see the birth of sigil magic from Thelema. Let him sit and conjure. Let him draw back the hood from his head and fix his basilisk eye upon the sigil of the demon. Then let him sway the force of him to and fro like a satyr in silence until the word. <laughs> Close. Burst from his throat. That which floodeth him is the infinite mercy of the genitor genitrix of the universe, whereof he is the vessel. Here comes juice. Here comes. I made the soup. I mean, at some point, then they're just like. So I guess we should just get Papa John's then. Yeah. Like after you come, like, what do you do after? Like, we had the hexagonal sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're just like, now it's time for a meat pie? Do you want to watch the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I haven't seen the second half of the first series. Where do you go from there? I hear Orange is the New Black is very good in this new season. And um, yes, I, I could check out the band that you were speaking of earlier. I can't really... Re- Recall what it was, the but whole, I am willing yeah. to go on a further date with you. I guess if you were to leave now, the whole time he's shoving his prolapse butthole back into his own body. Oh, I seem to have left my scarf loose. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, if you are using uh, Blood of the Moon monthly, uh, it is menstrual blood. Uh, fresh menstrual blood is considered optimal. I love it. It's, yeah. You know, and you don't get it fresher than in Brooklyn. Who's keeping it around? Could get people. Mm. You know, I have been tempted. I was to what? You've been tempted to what? I'm just saying to keep your girlfriend's menstrual blood. One of the other techniques that you're supposed to do in sex magic, and this is true, is you're supposed to come inside the woman and then suck it out of it. Mm -hmm. And I have been. It's not a coconut. We're not in the jungle. You don't put a straw in the goddamn thing. You're not thirsty. You're but, not next to salt water. But that's the magic. <laughs> Sucking your own cum out of a woman's vagina. Magic. Ta-da. What? I'm done with you two. I'm over it. Marcus, you you, you, you ruined Henry. I just love how upset you're getting in this episode. It's pretty good. You're so uncomfortable. You know what it I'm is? I'm not uncomfortable. It's just the, you're my friend, and then I hear you talking, and I know you're serious. I hear how hard you are. I am rock hard. I will admit. I am rock hard. So the whole point of Crowley's sexual magic is that he believed that it could enable the practitioner to focus on a specific goal or outcome while having sex. The magician would dedicate the sexual activity to the goal of the magic ritual and hold the image of the goal in his mind at the moment of sexual climax. And Because this is what they're talking about is that the, the, the way they equated it was that the magic involved in sex magic is the the idea is that sex mimics the creation of the universe mimics the mother and father figures in the Kabbalah mixing together and creating the sun and but so it, yeah so that's the you would just take it again as above so below and that's also where this comes Alistair Crowley created the idea of as above so below mm-hmm. so instead of the big bang theory it's the power bottom theory yes 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 <laughs> it's the big bang theory and in, more, in our case it's more of the mediocre bang theory yeah yeah with yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of cunnel 
Malingus involved because you got to build up to the mediocre band. <laughs> right, it's the kind of trying to get trying to get a big theory. Yeah, I know that one far too well. So at that very moment that the energy raised during the ritual would be directed toward the goal by the magical will. And in this way, the sex magic practitioner would be able to, quote, wed the image and the magical power. And many of you out there will be pleased to hear you do not need a partner to do this. <laughs> Get a partner, though. Don't make this just be an excuse. You just, just do it, man. It is better. Because that's the thing. It's like, luckily, it's just like if you could meet someone who's into it. But I would say is what you got to do is find someone who supports you in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't just land. Don't just drop it on them like three years in. You know what I mean? So although the first Western magical order to use sex, ma- sex magic was the Ordo Templi Orientis, or OTO, Crowley was the one who came in and truly revolutionized it, particularly within the OTO itself. Well, it's very interesting because Crowley did start with the OTO, and when he wrote the Book of the Law, one of the heads of the OTO went to Crowley and was like, you cannot reveal our secrets of sex magic. And Crowley, who had not gotten to the ninth order of the OTO, was like, what are you talking about? I made all this up so I could fuck all the time. And do magic. And he's just like, no, that was the secret. The big ninth level secret of the OTO was sex magic was the way to to reach the Godhead. And then when they realized that he didn't know about it, they made him leader of the OTO. Yeah. That's how you get a promotion in the magic world. Just not knowing anything? He fucked his way to the top like Julia Roberts. She didn't fuck her way to the top. That's a movie. That's Pretty Woman. No, she sucked sucked the Weinstein's cocks in a room. She didn't suck the Weinstein cocks. Julia Roberts is famous for fucking her way to being a celebrity. <laughs> that is actually true. Look it up. That's the move. That's Look the movie with Richard Gere. No, no, I'm not talking about that. She fucked to get that movie. Uh-huh. She didn't even fuck in that movie. You don't even want to know what she did to get Mystic Pizza. Yeah. What did she do? Show her tits to a random busboy? She ate a plate of shit. <laughs> she ate a, a plate of dookie. Julia Roberts ate a plate of human feces to get Mystic Pizza. And that is, that may not be fact, but the fact is, she did fuck a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. To get her uh, job. Right, not know, slut shaming. God, good, God bless her. God bless her. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, that's a fact then, I guess. So, yes, the OTO, <laughs> as far as like the ninth order goes, they said that they, they could communicate in nine degrees the secrets not only of Freemasonry, but that of Rosicrucians, the Illuminati, the Order of the Hidden Church of the Holy Grail, the Knights of the Holy Ghost, the, Saint jo- the Church of St. John of Malta, the Holy Sepulchre, pretty much any order that they could think of, they told people, we will give you every single secret that they have by the time you get to the ninth degree. And the ninth degree was sex magic. And the reason why they were so impressed with Crowley is that he knew without being told. He had come upon it all on his own. So they thought it's kind of a chosen one type situation. Yeah, he was the Neo yeah. of right. ass sex. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so the split between Crowley and the OTO was <laughs> but- that Crowley thought that these ideas could, should be made public, although it is much more likely that Crowley saw that he could just use these ideas to can, gain himself attention and notoriety. We're not really covering this in this episode, but Crowley really did use new papers and his reputation in order to sell his own magic. Yes, he was right. He was such a public figure. That was the thing. All of these guys like to be secret. It was all like, they, they viewed it as like this thing that they did. It was a private exercise. They did it away from everybody. They thought it made it more magical to do it without public knowledge, where Crowley lived the magic, right. yeah. but he 
projected like it was secret. I mean, that's one of the great irony, like reality television. It's not real. If you really want to just live a life, you just live it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you look at yeah, because it says this, the, it, reality TV, if it was real, wouldn't have a script supervisor credit right on there. <laughs> exactly. They have a story editor credit. So what yeah. was so during this time? Just for some context for me personally, Crowley was he a celebrity? Yeah, he became famous. Him. Was he famous in his real life? In his, when he was alive, he was. He, oh yes, he was more yeah. famous when he was alive than he was when he was than he is okay. now. Then he dropped, but then he picked back up in the 80s when heavy metal really started incorporating his images into stuff. Right. But he was kind of like along the level of like Salvador Dali, where yeah. Salvador Dali right. was an artist, but then became a celebrity artist, and that's what he was. So would you, you would equate him with a performance artist? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. His yeah. whole life was magic, and that's what they talk about with, a lot of times with Left Hand Path and into Chaos Magic about living the symbol, and he became that. He was the full embodiment of Thelema. He was Thelema. So, I would really compare yeah. him more to like say uh, I don't know like a band like the Sex Pistols like when the Sex Pistols first came to America uh, or first their only tour of America every town had newspaper uh, articles of that day the Sex Pistols are coming the Sex Pistols are here no one really knew who the fuck the Sex Pistols were or what their music sounded right. like but they were such a scary brand that people would come and they would protest their concerts before they even began before yeah. they even got off the bus and that right. would be the same thing with, with Crowley is that newspapers would come out and say the great B666 is here, and newspapers called him the wickedest man in the world. And, of course, when the first time a newspaper called him the wickedest man in the world, he was just like, perfect. Excellent. Right. Excellent. But, of course, Kimmy from PR, you are fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was all part of his brand. Yeah. And I'm sure at some point he had a terrible case of diarrhea and just didn't feel like the, the, the worst person in the world. <laughs> I don't feel like being the wickedest man in the world today. Can't I just be Al? <laughs> Tough days. <laughs> so in addition to the public nature of uh, Crowley's teachings, the OTO also had boundaries, wherein Crowley had none. Like ISIS. <laughs> Modern day ISIS. Yeah. yeah. So the idea of proper behavior in sex magic takes us even back before the Golden Dawn to the illegitimate son of a wealthy Virginian and a slave named Flora, a man named Pascal Beverly Randall. Now, this is a guy who did all the sex magic, but you have to do everything with your frumpy wife. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's been going on. Sex magic has been going on in the West since about the mid-1800s. Arguably began in the United States when Pascal Randolph published a book called... Euless! Euless? <laughs> no, it's like, Euless! With a question, with an exclamation point. Euless! And then the subtitle was, The History of Love, Its Wondrous Magic, Chemistry, Rules, Laws, Modes, Mood, and Rationale Being the Third Revelation of Soul and Sex. But the short title was, Euless! Euless! <laughs> That's how you get him to stop, and then you have a long time to explain. That was his safe word. Yeah. <laughs> so, was there also a problem because he also the sound he made when he came. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's too late at that point. <laughs> so he believed that the se that sexual instinct was a fundamental force in the cosmos, but also believed that the sexual union could only become a metaphysical and sacred ritual if it was done between a married, loving couple, and only when both have a full and complete orgasm. That is very nice. It's very nice, but yeah. the tantrum part of it is involved a lot of times because Crowley said this too a lot of times the whole point was to withhold the cum mm -hmm. you know and so this one he was definitely more about the coming because he was probably a four minute man <laughs> yeah I mean you can go two different routes I mean you can hold come in for ten hours or you can just learn to come multiple times yeah yeah, yeah, there Can are. Can you come multiple times? Totally. Oh my God, of course. I mean, I have, but it's always, yeah. but the second one's always like a. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah, of course. You know, your cum takes to smoking. It gets a little bit of a Weezer's cough there. But no, you can come 10, 15 times. Some people do it. If you want Damn. to, yeah. Some people have that, you know, that fucking factory in their balls that really gets it going right after the it. first one's out. God, you know, I always hate it when the government comes in and shuts down those factories. That's right. The middle class is suffering. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this guy had the same idea as Crowley. Focus on a goal during an orgasm, and the sexual energy could be harnessed to produce magical results. Randolph, Randolph believed that you could solve problems related to marital discord, money matters, you could prolong your life, you could eliminate diseases, and you could even charge amulets with life force through sex magic. I mean, I do agree. What is greater than, uh, you know, having an uh, orgasm with another person? I mean, it's the best feeling on the face of the planet. Yeah. I completely agree. It really is. Except for completing a really nice paper airplane. <laughs> well, <laughs> one that really gets it. Yeah, it's really <laughs> symmetrical, you know? But well, isn't it all yeah. symmetry, though? Hmm. Think about it. If you lay your Everybody's- tongue flat, that's how you, <laughs> by the way, with the woman, put your tongue flat on the... Uh, flat? Yeah, flat, yeah. Flat, yeah. Uh. That's how you... Do you not know how to eat the... We'll talk what? about it afterwards. <laughs> we all have our different methods. Everyone's got a method. Yeah. No, every I, I know for a fact how to do it right. Tiny tornadoes. Not t- tiny tornadoes. No, tiny tornadoes. What, is it a tongue twister? <laughs> tiny tornadoes. Tiny tornadoes. It's not a spelling bee. Shapes. No. <laughs> nah, Flat, you... consistent, good speed. Feel it out, man. Some people have got different different strokes for different, literally different strokes for different kinds of folks. Yeah, absolutely. No two women are the same. The flowers are all beautiful, and they are all different. Ben. They all deserve to be appreciated by the bees and the butterflies. We're still talking about <laughs> taking a girl out to Arby's, right? That's what we're yes. discussing? Okay. Love that horsey sauce. Well, one of the only real differences between the sex magic approaches is that Randolph was a bit of a prude about it, which isn't surprising considering how he was operating in the mid to late 1800s. Uh, he maintained that masturbation and homosexuality wouldn't work and that it could only work between a loving heterosexual married couple you have to admit, this is a big first step in the West. Yes. To, just to say that sex is good and okay and you can use it for something and it's not just for procreating, it's, hey, baby steps. Man. I mean, Still Crowley, like though, jumped ahead of everybody. <laughs> yeah. Because he wrote a whole book about gay sex. Yeah. And you find that every one of those books are, are it was called um, like Liber, Liber 9 or something like that, yeah. where he, it was all about gay sex. And then he had a whole other thing that was about, about uh, 69 yeah, this guy's like the Mike Huckabee or Rick Santorum of Satanism. I mean, what's he talking about? <laughs> but like you can have fun, but not too much fun. Yeah. Everyone knows satanic sex is with a man and one woman. <laughs> Everybody knows that. It's not satanic, Ben. It's Euless. 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 I'm sorry. Euless. <laughs> I'm going to have sacred sex with you, Euless, and only you. Yeah. It sounds like a horse that everyone, that they cut their hooves off of. Your only hope, Euless. <laughs> done. All right, if you don't win this race, we're going to have to put the jockey down. <laughs> they should kill the jockey kill in those horse jockey. races. Good point, Henry. <laughs> well, sex magic wasn't the only thing that Crowley wasn't the first to do. He was also not the first to eat cum in period blood. Hmm. Now, as far back as the 4th century AD, the Syrian Bibianites who were essentially Christian Gnostics, who we'll get to in a bit, believed that releasing sexual energy was the true expression of Christian beliefs. And for them, consuming semen and menstrual blood during the Eucharist was a purer form of ritual communion than just using boring old crackers and wine. Yeah, crackers and wine, it's for the birds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
common fucking menstrual blood. That's for people. Oh, it's very, yeah. <laughs> well, I also feel like there's a shortage on food that we're living in the desert. That yeah. is true. I mean, it's the fourth century. You make stuff will come out of your dick that not only feels good, looks like icing. Yeah. <laughs> tastes like gravy. Human bread. <laughs> So the use of sex magic, <laughs> Jesus, disgusting. Disgusting moment. but that's funny that you that you know that Ben because it does kind of taste a little like bread. Stop! I'm gonna go ahead and even myself say stop eating cum, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, just don't eat cum anymore. I did it once. I just feel like we don't have to talk about it. There's a lot of a lot if of we're gonna talk about it, this is the episode to talk. This about is right, the, if I'm gonna talk about it, I'm gonna talk about it now or never. Okay. Dog meat was making his own dog soup. That's what I mean. <laughs> That's what you got to say next time you're having sex with Carl. Be like, oh, time to serve up some ladle of dog soup. <laughs> no, would you? Oh. The images. No, oh, I don't man. like. It. All right. Oh. Marcus doesn't have sex. <laughs> so the use of sex magic has continued throughout the years when it concerns the left-hand path, mainly through the Church of Satan and its creator Anton Lavey. <laughs> Celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> it's a seller Satan. Yeah. Anton LeVay. Love this guy. So Satanism does have also a path that extends back hundreds of years. Pre-Levayan Satanists were more religious than magical, believing God to be the enemy with Satan as the hero. It's very interesting because the Gnostics and the Yesidis also believed in this concept. Yes. Well, that's the thing, is that if you needed any more proof that the Bible can be interpreted to say pretty much anything mm -hmm. you want it to say, there's scripture to back this up. Since the very beginning of the Bible. Since the very beginning of the right. Bible and since the very beginning of Christianity, see, the great grandfathers of Satanism, Christian Gnostics, were the four first to point out these Bible verses. And uh, the story of the temptation in the wilderness, the devil offers Jesus. Jesus, quote, all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them with a very clear implication that he has that power, that he can do it, mm. that he's not just lying to him. He's not trying to trick him, that if Jesus wants these things, the devil will give them to him. Absolutely. Not the devil, yeah. Satan. Well, two very different things and two very different important like things to say. God is the landlord and Satan is the super. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Actually, that's a, a very good way of putting it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And when Moses went through the desert for 40 years. He was just lost. He should have had a fucking Google Maps. Yeah. Well, and well, the that... manna from heaven was just come. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the Gnostics, they're New Testament people. Uh, uh, yeah. A lot of the Old Testament, because that's what another thing that they look at the Old Testament as, is that they look at, because the Old Testament God is evil. Like, he is an absolute... He's angry. He is an angry, evil prick all throughout. And that's what the Gnostics pointed towards, is that, look at this guy, look at the all of the awful things that he did. This Satan guy was only trying to bring us knowledge. He was only trying to show us exactly what's really going on in this With world. With the key, right? the idea that God made... The Christian Gnostics were actually so pure that they believe that God made this flawed world. God made the world filled with sin and filled with disease and filled with bad luck right. and that Satan was there to be to help you stand it. Yeah. To be like embrace it. Like come and come with me and like uh, this is also our description of Christian Gnosticism. Again, I always want to say with these topics hundreds of 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 literally intellectual volumes yeah. have been written about these topics. We are not the first and foremost experts. No. no, 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 no. Let us please once again stress this: that on all of this stuff, we are not the first and foremost experts. We are. If you, <laughs> what's wrong with you people? Let's say we are the experts on Christian 
What you we don't even know. <laughs> How do you spell Gnosticism, Ben? B E N. Oh, you are K-I-S-S-E-L. <laughs> You're just being fun. He is fun. You're feeling fun today. I am feeling fun. Thank you. And there's other things in the Bible to back this up. In St. John's Gospel, uh, the devil is called, quote, the ruler of this world. St. Paul calls him, quote, the god of this world. And as I just said, it was also said that in Eden, Satan was trying to free mankind from the evil god by encouraging them to eat from the true tree of knowledge and some said that once one reaches gnosis gnosticism gnosis or a true understanding of the nature of this world he or she could indulge in all of the lusts and desires of this world without fear of corruption that's what they're saying is that if Mm. you reach a true understanding of the world then then and only then would you be able to yolo all right. All right. Very good. Now that we broke it down to a hashtag, I can understand. See? I really enjoy it. See? And so while this idea would snake its way through the left-hand path for centuries, it would reach its natural conclusion with modern Satanism. So if the God of the Old Testament is evil, then it follows that the Ten Commandments were intended to keep humanity in subjugation to him. Did they, they uh, organically came together? Like, was Crowley a Satanist to begin with? No, no, no. no, no so no, that no, had no, nothing no. to, like, so he was just a, he was a, uh, you know, a magician type person. Did, he they, didn't even talk about together. Satan, really. The bridge to Satanism is a whole, we, we, I mean, of course, we can do an entire episode about Satanism. It's Anton LaVey took the readings of Alistair Crowley and took all this stuff and right. met with a bunch of guys. They took the symbol of Satan as the adversary in order to Satanist, to Satanism Itself is essentially a satirical religion that's used to make fun of organized Christian-based beliefs. Yeah. And so, of course, but they also monetize it in, in its own self yeah, as a religion. On yeah. purpose. It's all on purpose. Read well, Satanic Bible, it's hilarious. He, But the, the whole point, Satan was just used in this context to be like, we're rooting for the Joker. Was yeah. Crowley happy when uh, the Satanist sort of he wasn't around his for point it. of view? Yeah, he was dead. Do you think he would have been happy with it? No, because no, because it would have taken the focus away from him. Because Crowley liked being the one, right? He liked being the only guy. He would not have liked Anton Levin. No, he would have hated Anton. And LeVay. the two of because them they get lumped together so much. But because it's one's a natural predecessor of the other, because Anton Levin also used the the showmanship shit of shit of it again. Right. And read about his life; it's very interesting. He was, you know, a corny. Well, and if a, you believe that version of his life, there he, are, there's a, a lot of conjecture as to what. Uh, Anton LaVey's upbringing actually was. It's pretty fun. It's a fun, but the idea is you keep him guessing. Yeah, there you go. And that's the, but Alistair Crowley wanted to be all about him. He also took it deadly, deadly seriously. Anton LaVey blew up the whole thing of saying this whole thing's a joke. Okay, yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. and in response to those Ten Commandments, uh, Anton LaVey created the nine satanic statements. Of course, we'd read them on here before, but they always bear repeating. Henry? Number one, Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. Number two, Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Three, Satan represents undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-defeat. Four, Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. Five, Satan (laughs) represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. Six, six, six. Satan represents responsibility to the responsible instead of concern for psychic vampires. Seven, Satan represents man as just another animal. 
sometimes better, more often worse than those that walk on all fours, who, because of his, quote, divine spiritual and intellectual development, unquote, has become the most vicious animal of all. Eight. Satan represents all of these so-called sins, as they all lead to physical, mental, or emotional gratification. And nine! Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had, as he has kept it in business all these years. Kind of a, <laughs> kind of a smug, kind of a smug nine. Oh, it's there. a smug oh. religion. <laughs> <laughs> it's among the most smug, but later on we'll get to the guy who managed to make it even more smug. There are rules. Got to. But yeah, LeVay, it was all about having fun with it. He was a former, we do know that he was a former carnival barker, beautiful at the calliope. Uh, and he really used, <laughs> he really was a beautiful calliope What's player. What's a calliope? <laughs> you can't be beautiful at that. <laughs> it's a, it's if you perfect it, it sounds terrible. It's a music a clown dance slowly to. Yeah, yeah, I, mean? I see. Yeah, it's among my favorite. I've got a whole record of calliope quote-unquote hits. Uh, that I listen to all the time. It's just a lonesome, echoey calliope. If you get re- right next to them, they'll make you deaf. It's not for friends and family. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Tried playing it for friends once. No one wanted it. No one uh. wanted it. <laughs> it's bad at parties. <laughs> so LeVay, he conducted services which began and ended with satanic hymns, a ritual invocation to Satan involving a naked woman as a quote-unquote altar. It's pretty sweet. The t- typical ceremony would involve the ringing of bells, sprinkling the congregation with a mixture of... Semen and water, symbolic of the creative force, a sword, and a chalice rested strategically in the pubic area of the woman altar. It was all pretty metal. It was yeah. all pretty sweet. <laughs> it's pretty Ozzy. Usually when you get hit in the face with water, you're not happy. But then when you realize it could other- otherwise be cum, you're like, thank God. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right, I'm fine water. with this. I'll take yeah, it. Water to the face, yeah. The so LeVay, he celebrated Christian sins as virtues for the practice of having things backwards, upside down, the wrong way around, or otherwise subverted are at the essence of Satanism and its rejection of Christian values, hence the upside down cross, uh, the you know subversion of uh, the mass and all that sorts of it stuff. It was all making fun it, of the self-seriousness of, yeah. of, their, of the Christian imagery. Right. Yeah. And although Satanists say uh, that all sexual indulgence is good, most agree that that stops at hurting anyone else. Well, all good Satanists agree that it is you're not supposed to hurt somebody else, you're not supposed to tread in somebody's territory, you're not supposed to make someone do something they don't want to do. Yeah. Everybody's supposed to volunteer, because that's what makes it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Levain Satanism, it's not to be taken literally, as Henry said. It's more of a philosophy than a magical discipline. However... There are some Satanists who take the complete opposite approach, such as Michael Aquino of the Temple of Set. Yeah, right. this guy. Have you read the Have you read the Temple of Set book? I know. I try to make it all the way through. There's a lot of fucking math in it. <laughs> Too much math, huh? Yeah, I just get to a point where I'm just I just glaze over. Oh, the, yeah, the Satanic Bible's hilarious. Again, it's so much right. fun to read. Snappy. Yeah, and the Temple of Set manual is just like, ooh. Yeah. I can't talk about this to people at parties. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. for sure. See, the Temple is set. Uh, they prefer a more philosophical approach to Satanism. Uh, in okay. other words, they took all the fucking out of it. They took all the fun out of it. Right. So it was Crowley. 
then it was LeVay, and now this Aquino. Michael character. Aquino jumped off of that. Yeah, Michael Aquino okay. jumped out. Like, they were contemporaries, because what happened uh, is They that, all got into a fight or something. Yeah, Anton LeVay oh, said. And what a nerd fight that was. Yeah, they went to, like, a Benihana, and, like, and they just got <laughs> super mad that Anton LeVay kept bringing girls with no tops to the Benihana. He's like, this is an invocation ceremony. <laughs> this is supposed to be sacred. And he's and Anton LeVay is just like, I'm getting blown right now. Right. I wish you'd leave, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was formed after Anton LaVey said in uh, the Satan Satanist newsletter that all higher degrees of initiation would only be available to those who make contributions of money, real estate, or valuable works of art. Yeah, because he was making money. Now he's just like, oh, right. now we're doing this. Oh, we want to make the secret club? You got to pay to be in the secret club. And there was no secret club. Yeah. Well, now it becomes a religion. Well, no, I mean, it was actually... Right? it was He needed money. He yeah. needed money. Yeah, yeah. He just needed money. He was just a. He was a con man. Definitely. He was a. Yeah. He was a carny. Uh, it was like uh, the whole the old uh, P.T. Barnum uh, trick where you get people to pay uh, five cents to see the egress, and egress is just Latin for exit. So they'd go outside and then they'd have to come back in and pay uh, for admission one more right. time. It's all carny tricks. Uh, but this is how Aquino uh, put his uh, the split between the Church of Satan and the Temple of Set. The the Church of Satan has been arrogantly sensationalist. The Temple of Set was cautiously philosophical. And so the Temple of Set, a.k.a. Nerd Satanism, was born. The change in name came from Aquino when he summoned Satan, who told him that the true name of the Dark Lord was Set, an Egyptian god, and that he was to no longer use the, quote, Bastard title of a Hebrew fiend. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it says there. Yeah, right? yeah, huh. that's what he. That's what he wrote. Is that Satan was the bastard title of a Hebrew fiend? Interesting. And, and, <laughs> and Set told Aquino that he was the successor to Crowley and was to be Magus, fifth degree of the Aeon of Set, whose sacred magical word was. X-E-P-E-R, Zepper, but it was pronounced Kefir for some reason, which translates to, I have come into being. Uh, try to convince your whole fucking bake sale team to, to call you that. Right. <laughs> so what was the rivalry? Was it very intense, the rivalry be, uh, between these two living people? Yes, he did dead. not enjoy LeVay. They did not like each other. Yeah, they hated each other. But it was more LeVay just like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And Akino would be like, I don't believe that you're using the ideas of Alistair Crawley in the ways that they were meant. To. And then he yeah. believed that during one of his magical rituals, that Aleister Crowley, uh, and, or that Set came to him at night and told him that, hey, you're the new Aleister Crowley. That old Aeon, by the way, it was real fucking short. It was just like 1904 to 1970-something, 1980-something. We got a new, new we one We got a now. new, new yeah. one, and now you're the guy in the new, new one. And was it's there- the Temple of Britney Spears. It's a new Aeon of, of uh, midriffs. Yeah. <laughs> Power pop. Was there a, so the followers of uh, of uh, you know uh, Levey? Did they ever go over to this other fella? I some mean, did yeah, some did. There's yeah. always anytime there's a schism, there's always a yeah. split. Some people are going to jump to one side. Some people are going to jump. I to can the pretty other. much guarantee it was the ones that weren't getting laid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, while Levey he used Satan as more of a symbol, the Temple of Set believes that their god is very real. Uh, they believe that Set will come to Earth. They want to open up the channels, which is also fun that Michael Aquino worked for the U.S. Army. Yeah, we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, they believed that the god was very tangible. You could have a very tangible power relationship with Set. Uh, and Lilith Sinclair, Michael Aquino's wife and high priestess, she called it a, quote, a very quiet, serene, beautiful touching of minds. 
Well, that's the idea that he wasn't necessarily evil. He wasn't here to destroy anybody. He was just super, super, super ancient. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so the Temple of Set is a return to magic as an elite undertaking that sets them apart from others. They believe they're superior beings, the knowledge of a deeper universe, uh, and they also believe that Setian magic uh, can allow you to conquer death. Which brings it all the way back to the Golden Dawn. Yeah. This brings it all the way back. Is that yeah. The Temple of Set is a return back to the days when you had to, like Henry said, understand all this stupid math that doesn't make any sense. You had, it was about the eliteness. It was about basically you have to be like rich and powerful to even do magic yeah exactly yeah. and who, who do you think crowley would choose uh, uh as far as like the person who no, actually I, took I, his I principles don't think he would ever choose anybody no yeah. it's whoever he would or- fuck he would it's who, like i guess he he would see what anton levey was doing and be like i get it but unless anton levey was willing to suck his dick i don't think they ever would have been <laughs> friends i see yeah it's like they ripped uh crowley in half I see. Like Aquino went with the ritual side, and uh, Levey went with the fun. Crowley side. was the big, real deal, right? Crowley was the guy who was the old school guy who made the new rules. He was like the, like how would you put it? He was sort of like the Keith Richards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I would say that yeah, Aquino is sort of like the um, <coughs> Jason Mraz, <laughs> and then Anton Levey is like the uh, um, Black Keys. He's like the guy from Black Keys, a little yeah. bit cooler. Maybe the fat guitar drummer there, or uh, uh, piano player. The guy from Blues Traveler? Blues Traveler. No, the Black Keys. <laughs> the, the, the guitar or the, the, uh, the uh, pianist on the Black Keys is fat now. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're getting a lot of weight. That's that. great. I like yeah. to hear that. I like to see a fat musician. Love it. And as a bit of a coda to this episode, some of you might recognize the name Michael Aquino from Satanism and the Government Part 1. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, he was involved in a government pedophile ring based out of the Presidio Army Base where Aquino was deputy director of reserve training at the time, and while it's possible that Aquino got swept up in the satanic panic, this was like 1987, the evidence that Aquino was involved in some really terrible shit is pretty compelling, and coupled with his involvement with the government in the creation of Mind War, which is still used to this day, and also his claims that maybe the Nazis were, quote, on to something with their magical ideas. Never say that publicly. <laughs> yeah. like any sort of He wrote figure. it in a book. Yes. He had chapters and chapters and chapters about it. Well, you can't say the Nazis weren't on to something. I mean, they were definitely... I mean, they, they were, were on to something, yeah, something but terrible. I don't know. But no, no, no. It sounds positive. <laughs> no, I mean, they were... Yeah, it's not... Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. So, like, he was saying they were on to something, like, in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's not yeah, kids yeah. at a sock hop. I mean, they were on to different <laughs> things than that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were never right about whatever it is they were on to. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. they kind of... Because it sounds like you're saying, well, the Nazis really had it going on. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. So let's say here... Well, I think we can say here at Last Podcast that we're not what you'd call Aquino fans. So in other words, when you hail Satan, please hail responsibly. Realize what you're doing. Yeah. Okay? Which is having a great time, living yeah. a heavy metal life. Getting laid if it's with somebody else or with yourself. <laughs> I'll say that. I'll That's even not say getting that. Laid. That's... No, 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 I'm going to give you the credit of saying you are choosing to masturbate yourself because you could maybe not even masturbate that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you have to find a... yourself just sexy enough to make yourself hard. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll say about masturbating for a living. You don't look at yourself when you masturbate. You close your eyes and fantasize. You got to at least like your dick a little bit. Mm-hmm. You got to like it enough to touch it. No one looks at their dick when they masturbate, though. I'm sure some do. Huh. All right. Well, what an interesting episode. <laughs> yeah, that's the left-hand path. Uh, we're going to be covering uh, Chaos Magic here in the future. Uh, we don't know exactly when it's going to be because 
Next episode, episode 200, is it's going to be a special one. Can't you wait. guys are going to absolutely love what we're doing. So, okay, so I'm, I'm with you. I'm, uh, so I, I, I support Crowley then, huh? Well, I would say more LeVay. LeVay. But myself, I support Austin Spare. Why? It's a chaos. It's a whole chaos magic thing. Yeah, See, I, don't I don't really. Su- if I don't you guys re- didn't both have girlfriends. You know, no other woman will talk to. I you. mean, personally, I think Levee's uh, a little much. I think Levee's a lot of fun, but I also <laughs> I am more of this. I believe in more of this cybernetic view of magic, which is a form of magic, which is the idea that your neurons, as above, so below, your brain is the exact same shape as the universe, and like the universe, you, and your brain, you stimulate neurons, and that creates butterfly att- effect type changes throughout the entire universe and that's how your magical will works mm-hmm. so that's uh you can follow henry on twitter <laughs> uh at henry loves you uh, amazing such a fun episode yeah great episode uh guys don't uh forget this uh saturday we're gonna be in washington dc yes. for the dc Podfest. uh it's gonna be at 8 p.m go to dcpodfest.com to find out exactly where the show is we're going to need to figure that out. Yes, we, uh, we do. We, as a matter of fact, tell us. Find out where the show is and let us know, and we yeah. will be there. Yeah, you can get tickets at dcpodfest.com. Get them now because they are almost yep. sold out. And we are definitely going to be drinking. Definitely going definitely. Definitely to be drinking. Having a good time in Washington, D.C. Guys, let us know what the fuck's going on. It's going to be an early show, so we're going to have a late night. And so if anybody's got any clearance as well, get us into a building. That'd be right. pretty sweet. Yes, that'd be wonderful. And the next day on uh, November 8th, that is the Cave Comedy Radio Sausage Fest, uh, in which oh. you're going to have all of your favorite Cave Comedy Radio podcasts doing a little live thing downstairs in the garage. And hopefully this year we'll get one woman to come. One woman. I can't wait. Uh, I'm also single, so if you are a senator's <laughs> daughter, reach out to me. I'm looking to date up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a bit up. You know it's a mean? bit up for me. Yeah, maybe you want to make a lateral. No, no, not a congresswoman's daughter. Okay, just a senator's daughter. Oh, okay. not asking for Malia okay. here. I mean, and we also- you gonna try and date Malia Obama? <laughs> no, no, I'm saying I'm not. She I'm going is for senator. Seventeen years old, Benjamin. What is wrong with you, pervert? 17 years old trying to have sex with the president's daughter. Oh, leave it alone. We'll be you. in town, though. So, Malia, if you listen to the show, which I'm sure you do. Sasha's a big fan. <laughs> uh, and uh, as far as thank yous this week go, uh, we got to thank Jeremy for sending us these amazing paper mache masks. It's so cool. That are being hung up uh, on the studio walls. We're going to take a picture, put it on the Facebook group. Uh, go join the Facebook group. And we also want to uh, thank uh, whoever sent us these Amazing books. Uh, Final Warning, A History of the New World Order is one of the ones that I yeah. got. Ben got one about the got psychosis one. of Nixon. Richard I- Nixon, A Psychobiography. I'm actually going to read this book, and it will be my first book I've read since Confederacy of Dunces four years ago. Mine is called, I've won, I got three called UFO Religion, one called The UFO Files, and one called Ambassadors Between Worlds. I love yeah. it. The other and- ones I got were Men in Black, Aliens Among Us, Secret Black Projects of the New World Order, and uh, the Special Collector's Edition of History Classics, Secret society i can't wait to have an even harder time talking to people <laughs> and, and those were shipped to us from a midtown scholar bookstore yep. in harrisburg pennsylvania that's incredible so uh, check that out buy books from yep. them reflections of a peacemaker chapter 9 page 119 already my favorite sentence nixon's brother donald had no trouble recalling that dick was the peacemaker so isn't that exciting <laughs> i'm afraid of this new chapter in your life when yeah. you start emulating nixon oh i can't wait i am not a podcaster <laughs> <laughs> yes that is midtown scholar bookstore uh used rare and new books uh in harrisburg uh, pennsylvania 
They're awesome. fucking amazing. And you can search their bookshelves and uh, order online. It seems like, I'm looking at pictures of it right now. It looks like an amazing place. They got a big Liberty Bell in there. So hail sweet Satan. Mm-hmm. Let him make changes in your life. You heard about how to do it today. Um, if you're going to eat cum, make sure you're thinking about making money while doing it. Because if not, you're just wasting cum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How or much just- cum have you wasted this week, Ben? Actually, not that much, <laughs> sadly enough. I consider not an ounce of my cum to be wasted. Yeah, I waste yeah. quite a bit. All right, so uh, hail yourselves. Thank you guys so much for supporting the shows here on CCR Top at Roundtable. Page 7, Sex and Other Human Activities. Mm-hmm. Henry's show, check it out on NBC. It's at Thursday on Thursday at 8 p.m. It's called Heroes Reborn. Yeah, but I'm dead, and I don't know if I'm coming back. Did you oh, die in no. the show? I don't know if I'm coming back. <laughs> Did you die? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. And I don't know if I'm coming back. <laughs> Guys, Weird. is Henry coming back? Is I don't Henry know. Gonna... <laughs> uh, and uh, also, uh, if you want a t-shirt, cavecomedy.com slash merch is uh, where you go to for that. Uh, and I think that's a Heil Gein on that one. Heil Gein, follow Marcus Parks on Twitter yeah. at Marcus Parks. Did... I'm at Ben Kissel. Henry loves you. Hail and... Satan. Yep, Hail me. It. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. <laughs>